Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, it is a few days from Halloween when this is going to be coming out. And of course, we've got to get into that spooky, spooky season with a little bit of world building jam. Uh, delicious, delicious gem. So t- on today's episode, you've heard us do this before. We're going to roll some some dice on a custom-built world-building gem session, and we're going to create some little horror movies for you guys based on some random dice rolls. Uh, I love the spooky season. I love horror movies, and I am very excited to get into this. Halloween is my favorite holiday, but um, this year I have no decorations up and I don't even Aww. care because Aww. there's this disease has ruined the world. So it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Daniel is actually in costume right now as a doomer. You can't see it, but um, yeah, he's, he's going as a doomer this year. So, uh, the only yeah. good thing coming out of this month, besides our, our Halloween episode, obviously, is Dune, honestly. Like, I'm not even looking forward wow. to Halloween. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Halloween specials, Halloween specials are the best part of almost anything, but I do want to give a special shout out to the Muppets Haunted Mansion little Halloween special that came out fairly recently. If you are like me and you cry every time you hear Rainbow Connection, this little special is like so cute and so nice. It's not even that good, frankly, but it's Muppets <laughs> and it's Halloween themed. So like, of course, I'm going to recommend it. It sounds pretty adorable, even if it's not good. It is. It is very adorable. And yeah, it's not <laughs> that great, but there's great lines in it. And that's what matters. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to roll some dice. And the first thing that we're going to be rolling off is the subgenre. We've got a bunch of different subgenres of a, you know, of spooky variety. So we're going to roll the die and see what we get. First things first, we get. We got a werewolf movie. All right. Or setting slash scenario. And the thing that we're going to be focusing on in this werewolf scenario is. A family. Oh, so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme that in the theme that we're going to be rolling on is. Curses. Boy, this is uh, stock standard werewolf stuff. So let's make it more interesting. Who wants to start us off? We're focusing on a family. Are they a family of werewolves? Are they not? Where are we going with this? Let's start off. I would just like to avoid them um, being traditional werewolves in the traditional sense in any way, because that's so boring and overplayed. I'm hoping we can do something with werewolves that's a transformation, but not necessarily what we would normally think of as being werewolves. Now, what would you what do you mean by that, Daniel? You're you're saying that you don't want them to turn into anthrop- anthropomorphic wolves, or is yes. it something else? Yes, that. And um I would like I would I would be nice if someone were to look at this and not realize it's werewolves until they mm-hmm. analyze it more. Because I feel like we've actually done a few episodes of werewolves. That's one reason. But two, you know, like the world building on werewolves, it it can get tired. It wants to do something really interesting. So, I mean, I think that's why we're here is to do something that's not tired. So what can we Mm -hmm. do to take the traditional werewolf and make it interesting again? Um, I mean, 
thinking about ways to make it like not obvious that it's a werewolf movie right away. Um, what if we kind of flip it around and the main the main family characters aren't werewolves? Maybe they're like defending their property from these bizarre like wolf attacks that keep happening and they're trying sure. to figure out what's going on there. Okay. okay. I like that. Yeah. We I can definitely support that first. My initial thought is this is a family that's new to town and maybe they're a bunch mm-hmm. cuz I'm thinking of like arachnophobia for some reason where it's like a bunch <laughs> of city folk who've all moved out to the countryside, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was and, thinking of a ranch too or like a countryside yeah. spot. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Well, of course you got to isolate people. It's hard to yeah, do definitely. like urban spooky movies when you're doing werewolves because you know that's just a thing. Uh, but we can kind of start there and we can mm-hmm. either make it so or the the kind of direction that I'm looking at is this town is full of were- werewolves or this mm-hmm. town knows that werewolves exist, but don't tell the family for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I like the latter because then it makes them more dangerous. I mean, not more dangerous, but more um, ominous. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we can, if we're evoking you know, like an American werewolf in London, you maybe this family goes into town and everyone's really unfriendly for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, hold on. I, I think I might have an idea. Maybe um, all of these uh, townsfolk are basically there uh, and they're feeding this family to the werewolves or trying to because they have mm-hmm. a curse that requires some kind of bloodletting or some kind of sacrifice that happens. Um, mm-hmm. so you, I think what might be fun is that you hint that it's, you know, the townsfolk this entire time, but then at the end it's like, oh, we're not werewolves. We just kind of serve one in kind of mm-hmm. a certain way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Could idea. we incorporate some kind of modern religious cult? Um, the reason why is I've been watching a lot of, um, cult documentaries and this suits the environment we're creating. Like I'm thinking ter- in terms of modern religious cult, like, you know, there's new, there's new religious kind of organizations that spring up around a motivational speaker and then yes. they end up having their own yeah. little compound yeah. or their own little town. Oh, I, I love think that, that would be great yeah. for this. So like yeah. the people are kind of like not fifties S but like, you know, more prudish and um, conservative in their views. Can, can we have the family just be a cult? And st- so it's like, yeah, the, the father, so to speak is actually just the hypothetical father and it's the cult leader. And maybe uh-huh. they're like, so actually that's kind of where you can see the twist settle in is that you think that it's going to be a movie about this cult who's like slowly tries to transform a town into, mm-hmm. you know, to like bring them under their fold only to find out that like this werewolf exists and like there's already a pre-existing cult that is far more ancient and less mm. modern to the one that we have going on there you know could, could we also modernize it so like i just watched this episode of um, what we do in the shadows that had um, <laughs> a jazzercise cult right yes, involved i just watched can that we too. bring in like an yeah like an mlm or like a, um some kind of modern scheme that would not anticipate werewolves being involved oh my God. or like essential oils yeah or essential, oils. essential oils <laughs> oh i like i actually can yeah. kind of dig essential oils i can yeah. get behind that <laughs> So it's like, and then maybe there's like a little bit of uh, like a kind of a dueling cult at the very beginning where it's like, <laughs> hey, we got MLMs and then they're they're more of a traditional cult. And then there's like, there's like this moment of somewhat comedy where you find that they're both trying to convert one another and they're not really, <laughs> neither one of them are noticing it, you know? Uh-huh. 
And it, can, it would also like subvert the typical cult is conservative religious background. Instead, it could be like one of those fringe lefty hippie kind of attitudes that the cult has. Like, yeah, like Lulu, what's it called? Lulu Row kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. anything involving crystals like that's never a good right. sign. Never, never. Good. So I love where we're going with this. The concept that I'm kind of that I have in my head is that maybe the lycanthropy is like the final stage of this cult's like kind of evolution, right? Where it's like, yeah, you you know, it's like you're 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 trying to return to primitive man, you know, because that's that's mm-hmm. ultimately what werewolfism and lycanthropy comes down to is like the savage nature of human of humanity, and you know, trying to avoid that. And maybe we can kind of take that modern cult and turn that and flip it into a good thing, where it's like. So- you know, like, oh, we're trying to return to nature, you know, like, and that's where like that kind of like hippie leftist movement kind of comes in, you know? Yeah, it fits really well with that. Yeah. yeah could, could we say that then the werewolf or whatever it is, is at the top of their MLM? And are yeah. we saying the family that's coming into this is introducing its own little scheme too? Well, it's competing I'm, with it. I'm thinking that the family, quote unquote, that's coming in is is more like a uh, a Nexium style cult where mm. okay. they're trying to escape from modernity, escape from you know uh, maybe they had a scandal recently, and so now it's just like the cult leader and his core members that are left. It's mm-hmm. the family, and so they've escaped the city to try and come and hide out while everything blows over, hopes to blow over. You know, like that's kind mm-hmm. of the framework that I'm thinking in. And then there's this fun little duel that happens between them. Uh, th- that's kind of what I'm thinking anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, obviously. Could we parallel the leader of that cult to the werewolf leader as like a vampire versus a werewolf? But, I mean, we, have, we haven't defined what they really are yet, but maybe that's the types of things they are. I mean, we, we don't even need to make the, the family supernatural necessarily. You know, like I think just the, the twist that there's a cult trying to come into like a small family or a small town is like kind of fun enough, you know? Oh, like that's so like the town's kind of cult is a secret. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the ulterior motives are secret anyway. The town's cult is an MLM. So it's right. like overt, you know, like that's the part that's overt. But then when you dig down, like it, when you investigate, then you see that there's a more sinister motive for the werewolf cult that's in town, mm-hmm. but it's hidden by essential oils and new age <laughs> bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then maybe actually, ooh, ooh, hold on, hold on. This might be kind of fun to deal with. Maybe the people who, maybe the cultists are actually selling werewolf repellent items. And so it's mm. like, you have to buy into this MLM or you will be hunted and murdered by a werewolf. You know, it's like, oh, I, I'm buying all these essential oils and they're like Wolfsbane or, or something like that. <laughs> or it's like, instead of like crystals, it's like, oh, I buy a bunch of silver, you know, like uh, accessories or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so on the outside, if you can, you know, like genre savvy people are going to look at that and be like, oh, werewolves, got it. But then, like, it's at the head of it is an actual werewolf who's like, look, I'm selling you your survival. You're going to get it or you're not, you know? I do really love the idea of the werewolf, like, literally being at the top of the, up, at the, top of the pyramid scheme. It's just, like, a really funny yeah. image. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we're saying wolf right now, but can we make it not a wolf? Like, can it be some other transformation? 
Because I, like, I'm really opposed to it actually being a werewolf, like a literal werewolf. Okay, what what's if, your fursona, Daniel? What animal do you want it to transform into? Or even an animal, I don't know. Like, I think we should take some aspect of what werewolves mean and turn that into a thing. Well, we've already done that. Like I said, like the kind of thematic edge of the werewolf is these are people who have rejected the civilized aspect of humanity and they have returned to a savage, brutal, violent aspect, which is the wolf, you know, like it, it, way back, in our, uh, we actually did a, a, a monster makeover a- episode on werewolves and we talked about kind of their origin. And I think that, you know, like rejecting modernity and return to monkey, but in this case, it's actually a wolf is, is kind of what we're looking at. And I think we can explore that through the, uh, the MLM selling this as a return to nature, you know, like it's, it's a nature retreat type thing. I guess what I don't find congruent with it is that at the top of this, you've got all these modern trappings um, and at the top of this Mm -hmm. is a literal werewolf. So I'm I'm hoping we can create some other kind of monstrosity that comes out of it that on second glance, you're like, oh, these are all the elements of a werewolf story. There's a transformation now that makes sense rather than like you uncover the scheme, you find the top of the pyramid and there's an actual literal werewolf there. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, which I just so find we, kind of it could be funny I mean it could work yeah. but I just kind of I find it kind of boring because it's expected well see that I think that when you well you know what Daniel I think what we should do is roll a spooky twist and see yeah. what we can do with Excellent what we idea. got yeah so we've got a specialized spooky twist list and hopefully this will help um, this will hopefully kind of elucidate what we're trying to go for with this whole situation. So let's roll the twist and see what happens. Okay. So it says here that one of the victims is actually the killer, which classic, classic trope. So let's go ahead. And what can we run with, with this situation that we've created so far? Our victims of the family, right? At least presumably. Presumably. And I think this is kind of uh, maybe we maybe we add in the twist that, oh, this is a very murderous cult. And that's, you know, like maybe that's the aspect that's get, that gets hinted at, you know, throughout the entire scenario that we're kind of coming up with here or not. I'm open to ideas. I mean, what are we thinking? You're talking about the the new family being the murderous ones, Rob? I mean, I, I'm open to, I, I like to think of this as maybe both sides are murderous and maybe yeah. there's like a little bit of Freddy versus Jason or like, you know, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman type situation going on. But again, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to hear what everyone else has to say. Interesting. Um, I mean, that could even be their reasoning for moving out to this area if they like bought a ranch and um, it's a perfect spot to bury a whole lot of dead bodies if mm. if they need yeah. to do that for whatever reason. Yeah. Are they are they also being pursued by the feds? Because this this is a these are this family's in <laughs> their own kind of financial scheme, right? That they're escaping Ooh. from into this mm. other one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You maybe... can introduce another faction. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea, Daniel, for sure. Uh now I'm kind of approaching this story as your camera is so tightly focused on this cult family mm-hmm. that 
you know, like you're bringing in this other, these other characters who are like maybe an in- investigative journalist or maybe yeah, a detective. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a, maybe there's like police who are trying, who are trying to get involved and maybe that's the camera that you follow. And then, you know, like, you know, that these investigators know that the family's a cult and then, you know, like you throw in the other stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I love the kind so, of like twist that we're going for here. It's fun. Questions I'd have for you guys is like, what's the essence of an MLM or a pyramid scheme? Like, what is the emotional core of it that really greed? inspires people? Greed. Okay. And what yeah. else? Well, it's, it's greed, but it's also a sense of you're breaking free from traditional structures in mm-hmm. hopes to claim your own power. And belonging too, right? yeah, Community. like a purpose for yourself, and yeah, yeah. So I feel like I mean, the monster should express that in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Again, again, I can't help but think mm-hmm. of werewolf. Like this, this to me, like what else represents something like that? Like a rejection of all of that to truly embrace something that is powerful. Like this is the only way that I can achieve powers through this metamorphosis. And mind you we can lean a little bit more into the curses as well. Like mm-hmm. we, we haven't really touched on that theme as, as much. So if, if we want to maybe circle back on that, that might help as well. And there's a two facedness to the werewolf too. Uh, and, and I, I see that expressed in the, um, in the leader of an MLM, like they have one face. That's like a PR face. That's promotional and saying all these great things can happen, but secretly they're greedy and horrible. Yes. Um, well, they're exploiting the people beneath them. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the leader of a werewolf-based MLM selling werewolf antidotes or repellent is actually really <laughs> funny and 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 like clever. That's why I like that's why I'm into that concept, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could work if it's like supposed to be comedic. Daniel, just because you hate werewolves, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just find your stock werewolf like so boring. Like there's nothing inspiring to me about it. That's why I try to think, well, can we do this spin it? Well, see, know? that's why I think the MLM angle is really fun mm-hmm. and really clever. It's because the, like you're you're right. Like when you break down certain monsters, they're always about the same thing. Like vampires and zombies are almost always about the same thing. It's the context in which you put them that changes and makes the story interesting, right? Like it's it's the lens with which you view them that inspires uh, horror or, or interest or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I think you can also transform the expression, right? Like a lot of times in genre, what we have to do is not only spin the trope, but you've got to like present it differently. Um, you don't have to, but that, that adds extra to it. Like, I, I hear you, you know, I have Courtney, what do you think? That, that might work um, in thinking about like how to make this different and not like blatantly werewolfy and like that sort of transformation process. What if, um, what if it's less werewolf and more like were dog, and oh. the dogs in the town are the ones that are actually in control of everything, oh. and are like warping the town pe- townspeople to do their bidding. And then, and so you you're saying like that? there's like a chimera dog creature that's in charge, sort of. Essentially, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but like the. Let's say you have like a family dog, but it is actually a were dog, and oh, it kind of has this grasp on you. Like each family is assigned one to like keep an eye on them, essentially. That's you know, like Get Out, kind of, which I think is neat because mm, the yeah. the um, companions that they have that are mute, they're really the ones who've been transplanted, mm-hmm. which is creepy. Yeah. 
And then what we can also do with that is we can give the MLM a little bit more shape and structure. And maybe Mm -hmm. the owner of this MLM is like a selective dog breeder or something like that. And so like there's a deep obsession. Right. Like dog breeder people. And then, okay, now I'm on board with that. I think that's cool. So, so what I'm hearing is we're kind of mixing best in show with like, I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why like, just a little spin Bella. because I feel like now it's it is still wolfish because dogs and wolves are like they're the mm-hmm. same, you know, bucket. But yeah, there's something more frightening it's about dogs bucket. because they're our best friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, and I think I think the other thing that you could do is if you really wanted to, you could take that obsessive animal culture and you can apply mm-hmm. it to other animals as well, like. I know that oh, um, birds or like I was thinking horses specifically yeah, actually yeah. Horse because I know are, that yeah. there are towns in Ireland that I've visited that are like obsessed with horses and horse riding and stuff like mm-hmm. that where it's like mm-hmm. we are known for this this is our thing you know like that could definitely be a thing as well and also your horses are kind of goofy and inherent <laughs> I mean you so. can you can have the other family own horses because they're so wealthy and they're escaping to this ranch where they have their horses and so you can have some metaphorical expressions going on with the animals you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um I do I do kind of like the idea of the dogs being I, I, I think I'm gonna uh, personally my head canon is I'm sticking with the dogs because I think that's more fun <laughs> um but yeah uh, I, I like that concept yeah uh, I think that we're at a pretty good stu- uh, a pretty good place to pivot over to another world building jam session. How about you guys? Do we do we want to leave this MLM dog cult to itself? <laughs> I think it's got I'm... factions and creatures. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and roll a new subgenre. Figure out what our next scenario is going to be. All right, y'all. We've got a haunted house. So what we're going to be focusing on within this haunted house is a child. Mm -hmm. The theme that we're going to be focusing on is treachery. So camera is mostly focused on the child. We've got a haunted house. The theme is treachery my brain kind of immediately goes to the shining, but I'm willing to hear what other people have to say. So what are we thinking here? I mean, I was also thinking the exorcist. So you could sort of go either way with like the child being like the house of some sort of monster or witnessing all of this horrible stuff happening around them. Mm -hmm. I was thinking orphanage. That's a great movie. The orphanage is fantastic. Oh, it's great. Oh, I didn't know the movie. I was just thinking of Anwar Orphanage. Oh, okay. <laughs> An orphanage could work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, immediately there, when we think of treachery and an orphanage, uh, I'm thinking of, you know, like the, the feeling of your parents giving you up for whatever reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And then of course the orphanage itself is haunted. And so there is something pretty terrible to that as well. Um, yeah. or, or do we want to focus on something else, you know, that belies treachery? Thinking of a murderous child of some kind. Mm, mm. Um, oh, maybe the, the child's family had had a, a terrible, mysterious accident happen to them. And that's the reason why the child is an orphan now. Yeah. And maybe there's something related to the child, whether it's like 
purposefully doing these things or it just has this aura of like bad luck or the child itself is haunted like a ghost can the child be a psychic sure like harry style haunted by something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. so remember it's a haunted house so I think the idea that we're focusing on a child and they're coming into a haunted orphanage. I like that concept. Um, But I'm also totally open to the idea of a psychic child that is coming from a tragic backstory who is also forced to confront a haunted house. Like when you say, when you initially said psychic, Daniel, I was thinking of like an empath. So someone Mm -hmm. who can investigate the hauntings of this place like no one else can you know like i was thinking that their trauma is being expressed in the house and that's what makes it haunted gotcha so Mm -hmm. so they're okay so that actually works really well um as well i think because their trauma is now leeching out into this orphanage and it's Mm -hmm. causing you know like manifestations to happen i can Mm -hmm. i can i can totally see that yeah i guess the perspective would be the other orphans they're trying to deal with this and i don't even know if the kid's evil maybe the mm. kid doesn't realize he's the one that's causing it and they have to go into his subconscious to like figure it out i i like that concept a lot the idea that the kid doesn't know that his trauma is leeching out into this house and it's manifesting as these expressions of grief and trauma mm-hmm. like he could be mute or something and so he can't tell anyone and they've got to figure it out for him mm. mm-hmm. and then of course you what you can also do is you can have it so there are all these rumors and then a new creepy kid shows up at the orphanage. So everyone immediately assumes that he's responsible one for his family's death and two for all of these mysterious things. And I mean, I'm assuming we can Mm -hmm. say hauntings and murders that are happening since he's arrived. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it might not even be like, he might have these powers or something, but there might be like some third party that's actually responsible and his powers are connected to it in some way. Who knows? Mm. Mm-hmm. Courtney, what do you think? Yeah, I'm seeing like some sort of like demon, like manifestation of grief that possessed him, or maybe it was even somebody in his family who had tragically died. Mm. Um, maybe their ghost has been attached to him, and they're they're just sort of lashing out oh, at everything. That's really interesting. I like the idea that maybe this child is actually the hero that saved or, or survived, mm-hmm. but had to like murder his murderous sibling in order to survive or something like that. Yeah. And so the shade mm-hmm. that's following him is the murderous sibling and he's uh, got yeah. to now, or they've got to now stop that sibling from killing again, you know, that type, that type of thing. I like mm-hmm. that. And that could also bring in like previous family dynamics, like, maybe this child is the older one. And when this, when their younger sibling was born, they just like never had a good feeling about that one. Um, oh, that's even of course, more fun. Of course yeah. the parents were always like, Oh no, like you'll, you'll totally get along with your little brother or whatever. And, um, and then of course yeah. tragedy occurred. Oh yeah. And then we get, yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have a kid story too. Like, a was it stand by me? It's told from perspective of kids. I was thinking The Devil's Backbone, uh, which is one oh, of yeah. Guillermo del Toro's early, uh, earlier movies, oh. which um, I, I would also like this episode to be kind of like, hey, you should watch these movies if you haven't, <laughs> because, man, uh, The Devil's Backbone is such a great film. It's mm-hmm. really, really fantastic. Cannot, cannot uh, recommend that enough. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, so I feel like we nailed this concept really quickly. I love how, how different it feels. I feel like it needs a twist. What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. Always needs a twist. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and roll a twist and see what we get. Okay. Now I know that this is uh, a cliche in and of itself, but there's a reason it's a twist here. It says someone has been dead the whole time. <laughs> uh, again, classic, mm-hmm. classic horror, like cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we make that interesting? Daniel, I heard your O of disappointment. Let's make it cool. Let's make it fun. So who has been dead the entire time and how can we make this interesting? Um, this would work in a short story, but the the kid is actually flatlining. The whole experience is the flatlining because the 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 haunted thing that's haunting him is the, is his sibling strangling him to death. And he only realizes that once he wakes up from it. And there's a question of whether he survives. So we've got like an occurrence at Owl Creek type situation going on. Sure. If we're bringing in classic, classic short story literature here. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So let's take that concept, right? Like I like that idea, Daniel. Courtney, what do you think? So the first thing that came to mind for it was that it's actually the, the child is dead, but we don't realize it because the, um, the sibling, the murderous sibling has taken over the body and in doing so has also kind of kept the body animated. So um, we've so there's got like a, a, a dueling we, like souls going on. Inside. Yeah. You've got like a possession story going on. Yeah. As well. So like the, the issue thing. there is when you, when you get rid of the, the murderous one, the, the good one also has to go permanently. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, like a golem I, then. Kind mm. of, right? Or like an undead automaton situation, mm. right? Yeah. I, I do want to get the hacky version out of the way because like, <laughs> again, I have to because it's fun, but it's like, okay, the way that I would see this, right, is that the story would start with both of the siblings at, coming into this, uh, coming into this uh, orphanage, right? And because they're the creepy kids whose parents died, the rest of the orphanage looks at them like they're kind of, um, you know, weird and they're kind of outcast. Right. So it's mostly being told from the child's perspective mm-hmm. and he's his only solace is his sibling. And then at the very end, you find out that that sibling has been dead and that's been the murderous one the oh, entire yeah. time. Yeah, that's that the, work. That, that's cool. I, yeah, I do think that works. Yeah. Oh, I mean, p- pick your own poison, I think. I think we've got good options for all three of these here. You know what I mean? And I bet you can oh, blend um, these together to make something. Um, yeah. You could also have it with your version, Rob, where maybe the the actually alive child is so traumatized because he, he had to kill his sibling. Yep. That oh. his mind has just, like, kind of fractured. and he, There's some disassociation happening. Yeah, he's seeing yeah. this as if it were actually real. And then, and then we can bring in the possession angle that you were talking about, Courtney, where maybe like that manifests in its own murderous impulse. And he Mm. thinks that he's watching his brother or or sister murder people and he's helpless or they're helpless in some way, but it's actually them because then we can get into that again, the nice trope of like, that's been, he he was also the killer the entire time as well. Mm -hmm. Sort of like fight clubby in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you mix in like uh, 
Fight Club with, uh, what is it? The Stepchild, I think it's called. Or, or you can even use the Orphan if you wanted to go a little bit more modern, but yeah. Uh, and then Daniel, how do we bring in your, uh, your Flatliners type situation? Um, I think that that's, that might just be folded in from a um, stylistic way in the way you tell it. Like if it was a, a story, you might um, tell their relationship through mm. images of that, you know, yeah. rather than it being oh. a literal thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'm going to get a little bit dark here. Hold on. Um, can we tell it from the perspective of someone who is also perhaps suicidal? And... Mm-hmm. Um, the oh, every, every yeah. time they attempt suicide, that's actually like the possession angle kind of kicking in or like mm-hmm. something shifts mm-hmm. within them. I don't know how much I like that concept, especially because horror has a bad habit of like stigmatizing mental health issues anyways. Mm-hmm. But there might be something there where it's like, it's not a mental health issue. It's like, you're literally being possessed by your evil sibling. Like there might be. Something yeah. I think that would yeah. Be neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes, it, it also reifies it like, which I feel like is yes. always helpful, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, again, I, there, there's always, I, I do always want to avoid that trope of like, yo, this shit's fucking hacky because we're in a spooky asylum. And you know, like that's always the thing that, I, I, I found that like, yes, it's spooky, but it's also like, yeah, it's because it's so miserable because of how badly we've treated those people and right, also because right. how poorly we've misunderstood those things for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I feel like that we've kind of come to a good situation with this. Like, I, I feel like if you wanted to have this as a scenario, we've we've really solidified everything. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, it's workable. Um, there's still some holes in terms of like what are the groups involved, but I feel like that could be expanded if we wanted to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I also feel like you could kind of bring the story into different um, time frames depending on what sort of groups you want to have involved. Like you could make it kind of a Dickensian thing, or you oh, could yeah. have it be modern day. Um, you could could make it like religious in some way, like it's a a church based orphanage. Um, there's a lot of different routes you could. That's take. a great point. Yeah. You can, you can bring in your own spooky subgenre or sub <laughs> subgenre, I guess, but mm. yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And then, I mean, if we wanted to go with the religious angle, there's always the idea that like, maybe this, maybe this victim has been kind of like, um, groomed in such a way. So they would be murderous. And like, maybe mm. there's like a weird demon cult behind it in some way. Like that's always kind of interesting to work oh, yeah. with as those well. Are, those are always yeah. fun demon cults. Yeah. So I think we're good here. And I think that I think we have time that we can do one more jam. I I, I think mm-hmm. that I'm in the I'm in the spooky mood and everything good comes in threes, um, <laughs> myself included. So uh, I think I'm ready to <laughs> I think I'm ready to roll one more time for these uh for this jam session and figure out what we can do. So last time this episode for the subgenre of spooky, let's see what we got. Ooh, so we've got roll two and combine. So let's see what happens. First up, we've got witches. And then second all, we got vampires. So we've got vampires and witches, uh, already a good combination. Let's see what thing we're focusing on. Hmm. We're focusing on a skeptic, which I think is immediately fun because we've got vampires and witches involved so the theme is going to be 
the mundane. Wow. So considering that we're focusing on a skeptic, I think that the mundane can actually work here. What do you guys think? Of course, been watching like what we do in the shadows lately. So that's on my mind. But thinking that this could be like a comedy horror type thing where you have this very like skeptical investigator um, who's looking into uh, supposed like sightings of witches or or vampires and um, and they they like keep kind of stumbling over like blatant proof that this stuff exists, but they just keep completely missing it. <laughs> or there's like a logical explanation right, for everything. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what do you think, Daniel? I, I feel like we went a little bit co- comedic on the first one. Yeah, we did. So I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I like the idea. I like the concept, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, okay, do we want to go with this? And also like, uh, if we're talking about modern vampire stuff, spoilers, for midnight mass uh oh, spoilers literally spoilers in I, I can't say anything more than that okay um okay. but if you haven't seen i mean i got that i got vampires in literally episode one so mm. you know yeah, that's fair. um but i still recommend midnight mass it's not flanagan's best work but it is still worth watching holy shit you should definitely fast forward through some of the long ass monologues, but it's still <laughs> enjoyable anyway, especially for uh, recovering Catholics like my wife. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so we've got witches, we've got vampires, we've got a skeptic in the middle. Daniel, what do you say about this? Where I mean, we, we, Courtney's got the, the, Courtney's got the comedic angle. What do you think, Daniel? Can we make this genuinely spooky? Um, if you weren't going for comedy, what I was going to say, if we were going for comedy, I would put the actual witches and vampires in the skeptics team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have yeah. an added level of them oh. spoiling, the, spoiling mm-hmm. the skeptic on top of that. But yeah. if we weren't doing that, I would say um, it would be interesting if the witches and vampires are all really charlatans. Um, and so it's various mm-hmm. levels of schemes that are being uncovered. Um, but they're equally horrible. Like it's not a vampire, but it's someone who like has this fetishistic interest in bloodletting, uh, or it's not uh, a witch. Okay. It's someone who just like loves bestiality or something horrible, <laughs> you know. And so like you have the skeptic, skeptic investigating this. <laughs> well, which I, is I'm often sorry. In, in literature, sleep with animals. I mean, that's just the what they do. <laughs> so <laughs> so you could have like this investigator, kind of like in a um, la- uh, what's the detective show called? true detective style exploring mm. these vistas of, of the mundane that are actually quite horrible. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry for any witches who are listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> and Daniel's weirdly slanderous. Like, it's all like it is. Uh, I think when you, okay, you know that when they lay with the goat, that's Satan, not an actual goat, right? Yeah, but there's other literature of them actually sleeping with animals. So, like what? What do you? I, I've not heard of this trope before. Just do Courtney. some googling, you'll find it. Well, well, can you name some literature? Like, I'm not familiar with this trope at all. And what I'm talking about, like folklore, is kind of where that happens. Um, Greek mythology, what you would call we witches um, sleeping with animals. Oh, see, I, okay, yeah, okay. maybe. I, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch, and I wouldn't necessarily categorize them as. Witches, all right, I will but... Google some for you right now. <laughs> Okay, Daniel. Okay. Just imagining Daniel's search history after this episode. I know, right? Like, <laughs> which is question mark bestiality question mark? <laughs> like, <laughs> history of zoophilia. 
Okay. There's uh, plenty of mentions of like- witches and sex with animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? This is this is not a productive conversation. Um, I, I think that we can probably pivot back to our spooky vampire witch story that has a skeptic involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can leave Mr. Hands out of this this time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh don't google that if you don't know what that is oh yeah, my god jesus do not. do not do not do that yeah that's a that's a internet landmine do not look at that anyway uh, <laughs> what were we talking about uh, <laughs> i don't know this last one has really gotten away from us i think okay oh, what i was yeah. saying is that there are cases <laughs> <laughs> sometimes kids witches have sex with animals because it's part of blood rituals i see i see you mm-hmm. would apparently you would know better than we do daniel i i have not heard of that um okay i can i can support this concept of uh so you've got like a scully type as the skeptic mm-hmm. right yes and is that do we want to actually can we just make this the X-Files and make Daniel really happy? Like, can't we just do that? I think we should do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so are the skeptics partners a vampire and a witch? Because I think I would really like that as well. I, I do like that idea. Yeah. Uh, it's not like Mulder who's like, you're Oh, they're actually. Like, they're, um, yeah, yeah. They're just actually a vampire and a witch. Yes. Yeah, straight up. Oh, maybe they're. Um from the society of such creatures and they're trying to make sure that it hasn't infiltrated the human world. So they're investigating claims of it, you mm-hmm. know, but it all, it's all mundane claims in the end. That shows That's how horrible humans actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. And then like, I can see it as like, this is the skeptic who's like, look, I know you guys say that you're a vampire and I know you say that you're a witch, but like, let's be real. Those things don't exist. And yet like, he's still a hunter of the paranormal, you know, like that's the type of thing. I, I like that a lot, actually. I think we can work with that concept for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to throw in a twist and see how that works out? Always. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and roll the dice. See what happens. Well, fuck. I don't know how this one is going to work. <laughs> It says here that everyone is already dead. So, huh. hmm. yeah, I don't know how that one's going to work. Is 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 the skeptic himself a zombie? And that would mean that everyone is already undead. Does that work? <laughs> or is this like a Yu Yu Hakusho type situation where this guy is dead? The skeptic is dead, but he's been given a second chance at life by like, in actually, that might work pretty well. We might just have that as a way. We, we can just steal Yu Yu Hakusho's plot. So this person died. And hmm. his o- their, their only way back into the living world is they've got to be a police for the supernatural stuff. And this person is just like, look, I don't believe... I'm, I believe that I'm having hallucinations. I believe that this stuff doesn't exist. And like the witch and the vampire are like the the people who are actually representatives of their respective realms who are Mm -hmm. trying to help this human, you know, like do stuff. I don't know. That's kind of the concept that I'm running with right now. Daniel and Courtney, what do you have? No, it sounds fun. Um, 
I could see it as, yeah, the person died and this like demon or some sort of ent entity in the afterlife kind of made a deal with them. Like you can either actually be dead and this is the end and you're never going to be able to like see the earth again, or I can give you a second chance if you help me kind of look into all these, these things that are happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, the easy thing, um, easiest one is that take it literally like the skeptics are actually vampires and witches mm -hmm. and they're already dead and they're investigating the living <laughs> world. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That might be interesting too, actually. If you want to flip the perspective entirely where, uh, the skeptics are the witches and vampires themselves. And so, mm. um, they're investigating the mundane and discovering something like what, what is the purpose of the investigation? What is the purpose of the vampire and the witch coming together with some skepticism? Like they're like, okay, we don't believe that the humans have a right to exist anymore. Should we invade and kill them all? And then it's an investigation into the mundane and, what makes their lives special. Cause I can see that working out as well. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that they must, if these are, you know, ageless creatures that exist outside of the mundane world, they must be looking for something in humanity that tells them some fundamental truth about humans. Um, and I don't know if it seems like they're plumbing the depths of like horror among human acts. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're oh. looking for, but they must be looking for something. That's actually yeah, kind of true. interesting to think about. Like maybe they're investigating human atrocities to figure out like where humanity has gone wrong in some way. Mm -hmm. Or something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you have these supernatural creatures and what they're investigating is, so it's it's the X-Files, but from the alien's perspective, basically, mm -hmm. right? Like where- exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I can work with that. I think that's really cool. Actually. I think that's really Agreed. fun to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, I mean, so the story that we've got going on is there is a pair of like FBI agents. One is a vampire, one is a witch and their job is to hunt down regular people who are also serial killers. Is that kind of what we're working with? No, that would be neat too. Like mm -hmm. they're actually doing a service because they're, hunting down serial killers to it to some extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, like this is the type of situation where if this was on Fox by season six, we would under, or, or CW, we would understand that like these serial killers are actually possessed by demons and it's actually not nearly <laughs> as interesting as it once was by like season one or two. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, like I, I like the idea that these are just regular supernatural folk investigating right. mundane human crimes. I think that's really fun. The real horror is that people can be this horrible. That's the whole point of this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. The, yeah. the, the I, supernatural world is outside of this and they're above this, but that's what is being revealed in the show. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and what we should find horrifying, which is the vampire, which is the witch, right? Like traditionally we should look at those things and be horrified by them. But when we have them as our protagonists, when they're, you know, displaying all these heroic uh, kind of attributes and and what they're fighting is purely human. I think that's a really cool and interesting statement to make as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not even fully um, 
like a benevolent or selfless kind of thing maybe it's maybe there's also an element of like where where the monsters and you're like encroaching on our territory by doing all this evil shit you could just pull a dexter and have it be like look we're hunting the bad guys because we need parts and victims so you know like in order to stay hidden we're just hunting the really bad ones you know Mm -hmm. that could be a thing as well Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that might be the thing you're asking about, like, what are they searching for? To Courtney's point, it could be that these acts are so atrocious, they border on um, the realm beyond the mundane. Mm-hmm. And oh, so geez. they've yeah. got to investigate these things because it, it can open a fissure, metaphorically yeah. speaking, between this world and the next. Mm-hmm. When, when a human is so horrifying that their acts can actually cause paranormal things to happen around them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a cool thing that we can focus on too. That's that's actually really interesting because some world building, some incidental world building is uh you know like the realm be- or the 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 space between the normal and the supernatural can be opened up through mm-hmm. human acts. Like that's kind of a cool concept that you can work with as well. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. Um I think I think that's it guys. I think we've kind of come up with three really cool scenarios what do you guys think yeah i i really love the uh kind of the plot lines that we came up with here i think they're also very different from one another there's not oh, very a, much a ton so. of overlap yeah i can also see like if you're looking for a spooky one shot to run this halloween like i know it's a bit short uh i know it's a bit short notice but i think that any one of these scenarios could work pretty well if you're looking to do something like that mm-hmm just happy we got the X-Files in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of course. Well, no. I mean, that's like a layup. Anytime that you want to please Daniel, you just like, hey, Daniel, X-Files. And like snap and point <laughs> his, <laughs> like finger guns in his direction. He's like, yes. Uh, yeah. Actually, basically, like a true detective, which I really like. Oh, man. Yeah. Season one of True Detective is so good. Mm-hmm. So oh. good. Season three is yeah. pretty solid, too. I is it? I've heard. Yeah. I think you've, you've talked about that a little bit. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't see season two though. So yeah, season two is bad. Yeah, I got like three episodes not. in, and then I'm like, I'm going to Wikipedia the rest of Oof. this. I don't really need to watch this, you know. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not good. Mm. Um, all right, I think that'll do it for this episode of World Build with us, you guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a great spooky week. Uh, remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link that says submit prompt and we will build your world. Promise. Remember that if you want to follow us on social media, you can always go to Twitter and find us at Let's World Build. And if where we tweet occasionally, uh, if you want to come talk to us on our Discord or if you're feeling particularly generous and you want to give us money over on Patreon, you can find links for both of those in the description of this very podcast episode. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this spooky, spooky week together until next time. 